So on Mother's Day and Father's Day, it always feels a little fraught because we all wanted to have a father who was like that, <laughs> but not all of us did. Because in fact, our fathers here on this earth are all human. <laughs> Go figure. Um, and yet there is that divine masculine. So I want to talk about God the Father. I want to talk a little bit about our fathers and, um, and, and the, the oneness and the balance of all of it and the freedom. So first of all, um, Charles Fillmore, who was the founder of Unity, said, God is imminent and transcendent. So we talk a lot about the God within. But the way, but what he was saying is that God is, yes, right here, dwelling right here and beyond, and beyond both. So the transcendent is above and outside of, it's like the law, the principle, the source, and the substance of all. That is God the Father, the highest possible perspective, which we can't always reach from in here. Imminent. Father is within, it's the innate wisdom, it's the intelligence, it's the reason and the order in us. From the Arita Bindu Upanishad, the hidden self, Brahman, which is God, is indivisible and pure. Realize Brahman and go beyond all change. He is eminent and transcendent. Realizing him, sages attain freedom and declare there are no separate minds. They have but realized what they already always are. Waking, sleeping, dreaming, self is one. There is only one self in all creatures. The one appears as many, just as the moon appears as many, reflected in water. Yeah. That's what we talk about in here all the time, oneness. It's hard to grasp. It's hard to get your mind around. And the way I think of it as the oneness is the ocean, and if we are all waves, then we are all ocean. But if any individual wave starts to go, I am the ocean, it doesn't work very well because we are constantly rising and falling back into the ocean. And a wave has nothing to fear ever from the ocean, whether it's on its way up or it's on its way down. So that's the way I like to think of it. So this idea of the divine masculine is not just about men. Let's be clear about that. The father divine is about those qualities that we associate with masculinity, which are in balance with the qualities that we associate with femininity and that all of us have both within us. All of us have both within us. So here's the deal. Any quality can be destructive it's not, if it's not balanced by its polarity. Not its opposite, but think of a seesaw, right? If you got nobody on the other end, you're just thunk on the ground. Other, and if it's too heavy on this end, then thunk over here. But when you have a balance, when you have a balance of those polarities, that yin and yang, if you will, when you have a balance, then that is when life feels in order. That is when peace reigns. And that's what uh, Ananda was talking about in his reading. That is what the Upanishads and what Charles Fillmore was talking about as well. So some um, traits that are identified with masculinity are authority, 
authority, that's good. Plan, order, protection, self-sufficiency, independence, powerful, transcendent. It's associated with the mind, firm hand, the rod and the staff, they comfort me. By the way, the rod, no shepherd ever beat his sheep with the rod. The rod was simply a guide. Decisive, initiative, progressive is associated with doing, with functionality. It is energy in motion. And it's also associated with judgment and discernment. Any problem with any of that? Any of it can go the wrong way if it is not balanced. So authority gets to be balanced with influence. Not authority because I said so, but authority because I bring you over to my way of thinking because I'm actually making some sense, perhaps. Plan and order, great. But without occasional spontaneousness and creativity, then we end up automatons. Self-sufficiency, great. And yet, relationships are where our richest gifts lie. Transcendent, embodied. That is the feminine. We are actually in this body. We are living in it. Doesn't always feel good. But here we are. Here we are. Mind has to be balanced with heart. Decisiveness needs to be balanced with intuitiveness. It has to be nurtured with, intu in, in, with intuitiveness. Um, initiative. Take initiative, but... There has to be the responsiveness, too. There has to be the take and the give. There has to be the push and the, 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 the giving and the receiving. Um, doing has to be balanced with being. Have you ever confused yourself as a human doing and felt like your value and your worth and your identity and who you are is about what you do? That's a little bit of heaviness in the divine masculine. I are that. Yeah, I are that even though I'm wearing a pink frock. I, I have a lot of those divine masculine qualities and they can be overbalanced at times and do me harm. So I have to remember that I'm a human being and that my being is enough. And that what I do, bonus y'all, energy has to be balanced with rest and peace. We can't go, 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 go. We have to also rest. Judgment and discernment have to be balanced with tolerance, with understanding, with acceptance. And I believe that was why the Native Americans often, in many of the Native American um, religions, and they wouldn't call it religion, they would just call it life, <laughs> honored the two-natured, meaning um, gay people, people, what we call trans people now, people who felt like they weren't just one gender, were very honored in many of the Native American traditions because it was um, acknowledged that they were in balance, that the too masculine can be dangerous, the too feminine can be trod upon like a doormat, but the balance was absolutely perfect and beautiful. I also believe that that's what part of what is meant in the Ten Commandments when it says, honor thy father and mother. Honor thy father and mother. 
One or the other is not enough. Both have to happen. Both have to happen. And neither is bad and neither is wrong. Nor is either good all by itself. Both have to happen to bring that. Honor thy father and mayor. Balance boundaries, equal respect for self and other, kindness, compassion, to stop abuse. Now, it's really, really hard to forgive while the wounds are still being inflicted, right? It's hard to develop compassion when we're still in that place, so we have to develop boundaries, right? And that is a masculine quality. Nope, you go this far and no further. Thank you very much. Now I'm going to get to the harder part of Father's Day. Many of us, when we were children, did not have fathers who embodied these qualities. Well, none of us had fathers who embodied, who embodied these qualities perfectly or who had them in balance perfectly. And some of us experienced abuse and even terror. I know this. And that's why I say it's a fraught holiday. It's great when I can remember when my, and I love my dad. My dad and I had a very close relationship the last, at least the last 15 years of his life. But I would go to Hallmark to pick him out a card and I would go, no. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> you know, the ones say, you have always been, no, not that one. You know, it's like, because I wasn't going to not tell the truth. I didn't have to bang him over the head with the truth because the truth was that it was all true, that the love was true and the rest was true. So um, this idea of, of, of father, of daddy, <laughs> being a possibly a shining example, sometimes a dire warning, right? And yet, here's the beauty, we learn from each. So if you regret having the father you had, I'm going to say to you today that you had exactly the father you were supposed to have to become who you are today and who, are you, who you are becoming tomorrow. I believe that absolutely firmly in my own life. And having come to see that several years ago allowed me to have a relationship with my father that did not put me in the way of abuse but that allowed me to enjoy what is good. Now, if you are being abused, you don't stand for that. I'm not telling you you have to go make up with your father if he's abused you, but know that you have something to learn from that. And it may just be that you learn to create boundaries. You learn to say for yourself, I will not stand for this, rather than waiting for someone outside yourself to say, I will protect you. Yeah, it feels good to have someone come protect you, but it doesn't always work that way. And yet, there you are. Here I am. We get to activate those divine masculine qualities in ourselves and say, okay, that's enough. Balanced with the feminine. And I know, I know that whatever, whatever is causing you to act out is extreme pain and fear on your part, which means somebody abused you. I don't have to fix that. I don't have to have a long talk with you about it, but I can know it and that can temper the, this is enough, and yet I can hold you in love. Man, is that a balancing act. 
And it takes a long time to get there and a lot of work, but if you can manage it, life gets so much better. Like with everything else, when things are in balance, life is better. So I just wanna just tell you a couple of gifts from my father that I didn't enjoy at the time but that have made me who I am and I appreciate them now. My father taught me boundaries in a way that nothing and no one else had ever been able to. I was in therapy for years. I had a therapist that said, here, you need to read this book called Boundaries. And you need to read this book called How to Have Boundaries. And here's a video called Boundaries. I'm like, she thinks I don't have boundaries. And I read the books. I did. I did the exercises in the books. I wanted to heal. I watched the video. I got a hula hoop. I put it around me and went, okay, this is my boundary. No one gets inside. Except I didn't know how to actually use one. And I didn't understand how they actually worked until there came a day when I was at my parents' house. And things were fine. We were keeping it light. And then my dad got on one of those subjects. One of those subjects, religion, politics, revisionist history. <laughs> Remember how great it was when we, I'm like, oh no, that's not how it was for me. Get on those subjects, get in an argument, get it really ugly, think I may never need to talk to him again. I just can't stand it, he's so terrible, he's so bad. But on this day, I didn't do that. On this day, I went, daddy, not gonna talk to you about that. Probably we're never gonna agree on it. Not gonna talk to you about it. And he kept on. And I left the room. <laughs> I went into the kitchen where my mother was. And he followed me into the kitchen, still with his argument. Right? Because I'm not saying it let go easily. But I then put my hands on his shoulders. I kissed him on the cheek. I said, I'll see you later. I got in my car and I drove home. I cut the visit short. That only had to happen like three or four times and I'll never forget the day when I said, Daddy, I'm not gonna talk to you about that and he changed the subject. I did not know I had that power. I did not know and, and, I, and I stand here before you almost in tears because if you had asked me what the most important thing to my dad was, what he would go down fighting for to the death, to my death, would be being right. And yet, that day, in a small way, he said, I'd rather have you here at my house for the rest of the day than be right, or than prove I'm right. I'm sure he still thought he was right, but then have to prove I am right to you. That was an extraordinary gift. And I hope that some of you are able to experience a gift like that. But here's the other gift from my dad. I inherited that I am right. <laughs> I am right, I am right. And what I did is I strove to be right. All the time I worked so hard to be right because being wrong just seemed impossible. I associated being wrong with being worthless. Those were words he used in our household. Worthless human being. Well, you wanted to do it the way he said to do it because you sure didn't want to be a worthless human being. And everybody reacts differently. My, my brother and my sisters went kind of like, okay, if I'm worthless, 
better have some fun. <laughs> and I went, I will not be worthless. I will not be worthless. I will do this perfectly. And I lived in horrible stress for years and years and years. And those of you who know me well know I'm still working on that. I'm still working on it. And it is a spiritual practice for me in my family to say I was wrong. I was wrong. And they're not always kind about it. They go, you're what? You're what? <laughs> say that again? You're what? Makes it a little harder to be humble when someone's like drilling down on you. But you know what? I recognize that I train them as someone who could not admit I was wrong. And so I don't, I don't care how long it takes. I'm going to keep on using that as my spiritual practice. I was wrong about that. I was mistaken. I'm sorry. I shouldn't have done it that way. Oops, apparently I made that up. I thought I knew it, but <laughs> I just Googled it and I was wrong. That is one of the greatest gifts I have ever been given because you know what? You cannot be a good leader if you think you're right all the time. You can be a leader. You can be a leader that people are afraid of. But if you think you're right all the time, you are not going to be an effective leader. You're not going to be a leader who leads people out of love and mutual enjoyment rather than out of authoritativeness and fear. Yes. Another gift I got from my dad was my independence. He was cruel with money. He used money to lord it over us. And I don't mean as an adult. I never expected anything from him as an adult. But when I was a 13 and 14-year-old, he wouldn't buy me shoes or anything to wear. I wore the same clothes year after year, even as they got smaller. And I was an overweight kid. So kids at school would say, <laughs> if you're so cold, why don't you close your coat? And it'd be like, because I can't, it won't button in the front. It was hard. It was hard. I don't, I don't like it. It wasn't good. It was mean. I can say that. And from the moment that I was able to have transportation to get a job, I've had a job. Usually three. Every single moment of my life since then. And there have been times in my life when I found myself in other... And I left my, my home when I was barely, I think a week or two before I turned 17. I left my home and went to live out on my own because it felt safer in the world than it did in my home. And that sounds horrible. And yet, at 17, I knew absolutely beyond doubt that I can do this. I can do this. And now I appreciate that. And there were times in my life when I found myself in an abusive situation in my first marriage. And rather than going, as so many women do, oh, I just have to, I don't know what to do because, you know, I, I won't be able to make it. I knew I could make it. <laughs> and I did not have to make a decision based upon my health and freedom based upon finances because I knew I could make it. And I am independent to this day. And as much as Bob and I share our money, we joke about this. He says, baby, what's mine is ours. And I say, baby, what's mine is mine. <laughs> <laughs> and we really are joined, you know. He's, his name is on my bank account, but he understands that I need to have, I need to know at any given time that if everything else falls apart, I can still take care of myself. And that is a gift, y'all. My daddy gave me that. And then the final gift was that my dad was able to be to my daughter who he couldn't be to me. 
He did not have those tools or the wherewithal as an army colonel who had survived 18 crash landings in his helicopter as he went to pick up wounded in battle zones in Vietnam for two years of his life. He did not have the tools to be sweet. He didn't know how. But somehow, after years, and after I'd established some boundaries with him, I had this baby daughter, and he, all the gentleness and sweetness in him was given to her, and I was able to see it. I lived to see the day. It didn't matter that it wasn't to me. It mattered that I saw it in him. And the only reason I'm telling you this is not like, oh, look what Melinda did. It's the gifts are there if you look for them. Ask yourself the question, this horrible thing happened. What have I learned from it? Or what could I learn for it, from it if I'm willing to really dig into it and do the work? Because there is always a gift. I'm not saying that you'll ever be in the place, well, I'm so glad I was beat. Because now, no, I'm not saying that. I'm saying, okay, I was beat. Somebody beat me. Where do I go from here? What can I learn from that that will inform my life going forward so that I can be the best person that I know how to be? And so these are the gifts of the Father, the Father within, the Father transcendent, the Father whose household we were born or adopted into, the fathers now that we gather into our lives to give us the fathering that we may not have had. I have men in my life today who do have that masculine and feminine imbalance, and they heal me all the time. One of them is my husband. One of them is my prayer partner, who's I'm going to sing a song a little bit later. I need those. I need those. So, balance. A rudder points the directions, but the sails power the journey. Reason tempers passion. Passion gives, gives wings to intellect so that we can fly free. Happy Father's Day. I want to start our meditation today with a chant, and if you will sing along, I would love it. There are no chains that bind me. I am free. I am unlimited right now, right now. I am free. I am unlimited. There are no chains that bind me. I am free. I am unlimited right now. Right now, sing it. I am free, I am unlimited. There are no chains that bind me. I am free, I am unlimited. Right now, right now, know it for yourself. I am free, I am unlimited. There are no chains that bind me. I am free, I am unlimited right now, right, go Joe. I am free, I am unlimited, there are no chains. 
of those words, I am free, I am unlimited. The only chains that can bind me are the ones that I choose to pay attention to, to give permission to, or to put on myself. And so I am free to experience my world with love regardless of what's happened to me. I'm free to look at the past with some compassion and compassion for myself. I am free to see any way that I have not been parented as a child and begin to parent myself. I'm free to look outside myself to beautiful relationships with compassionate people who are here to love and be loved by me. I am free. There is no limit to what I can experience even in this lifetime because though I am embodied, I am also beyond that. ocean of love. And so I move with grace and I don't fool myself that it's all about the wave. I gladly accept the movement of the whole ocean, the movement of all of the love of God within me. free because I understand that there is no wound too deep for love to heal. And there is no joy too great for love to be able to accelerate and improve and expand. And so I am free to open myself to all of the love that is available to me understanding that I must first give myself love. And then I'll know what love looks like it when it comes knocking from outside. I am free. I am free of repeating patterns from the past. I can do it differently. Will I do it perfectly? No, but that's okay. I am free to make mistakes. to admit when I was wrong. I'm free to be the magnificent human being I was created to be. I am free. 
arms that bind me. I am free. I am unlimited right now. Right now. I am free. I am unlimited. There are no chains that bind me. I am free. I am unlimited right now. Right now. <laughs> Breathe that in. And may that song become an earworm that resonates within you all day and all week. <laughs> 